0: Then how many fans start showing up? So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner.
2: Get in the no nonstop stop Viking It's purple daily on Score North and Scorenorth.com
0: Retro intro again from
3: Dexter. It's it's the You know what it is? <laughs> It's the muscle memory, even in fact, behind the scenes right now. We're we're trying to retrain muscle memory with a lot of different things, and I just see the purple intro on my button bar, and I just assume, oh, it's that one. And there's another purple one that's the updated one to the left. So it's I've been clicking the same spot for four years, I'm trying to train my brain to use the other one. We Can just you get rid of the old one. Yeah. Well, at first I said to do that, and there and you guys, said, you actually said, Phil, no, keep it for now. And I said, okay. Oh,
0: no, no, like not. I meant like don't delete it from from like everything. Oh no, I, I don't think we
3: can delete anything from ever from our great system we have here at Zeta. But uh, that is why I mean, we should just didn't like do have
0: it. a copy of it somewhere, you know, okay. for the archives of Purple Daily history. Oh, the bickering can't has just,
1: already begun. Can't you just <laughs> click and drag it to move it?
0: Maybe. <laughs> Oh, the guest! The guest comes in and, and well, no, has some but ideas. Like, but like Declan's lashing out, I feel like.
3: Oh, not lashing out! I'm explaining the process of, yeah, of what was. I out. said, he "Should I should I replace it?" it? And I and, "And originally it was no." And I said, "Okay, so I'll just keep it right up there. I'll keep it right in there. So that's where it that's, was." So
0: yeah, let's just let's we should just move it to the archives of Purple Daily. go from there
3: but welcome into the show here
0: you'll notice on the youtube channel and you've heard his voice already here uh, for the audio audience tyler forness joining us here on purple daily today and you can find his fine work on purple daily on draft you can find him as the managing editor of the vikings wire and also uh, your youtube channel is uh, vikings first in school right for people to subscribe to that
2: Yes, sir. Ray, we're we're catching up to you guys. We're almost at twenty three hundred subscribers. Not even a year yet. So watch out, Phil. Watch out.
0: Let's get you guys. Let's get. Let's get Forno to to twenty five hundred here after this episode. Twenty five hundred. If you guys could go subscribe to the Vikings First and School YouTube channel, we can help our guy. And we're a family
1: too. Like we're we're happy. Like this this whole competition thing. Now, let's you know what the more Vikings consumption, the better. Amen. So, like, if you do well, we do well. That's what I love. It's not like the old. Absolutely. What What do the Nielsen say about that? <laughs> no, it's not that anymore.
0: Everybody thrives. See, look at absolutely. Jud's a, well, a very a Zen like.
1: I want. I want to see. I want to see my guy Forno do well. I think it's fantastic.
0: Yes, I agree. Uh, rising water. What is it they say? Like water Tide. raises tides. All boats rising rise.
1: Tides, uh, rise for everybody <laughs> when they rise.
0: That's what it was. Exactly. Put it on the shirt. So okay, <laughs> Tyler was just in Alabama for Senior Bowl week, and there's a million things we want to talk about. We will do a mock draft simulation on PFF's uh, simulator too, but. Let's start with quarterbacks. I know you love Bo Nix, so try to contain your love for Bo Nix here, Tyler. But Bo Nix was down there. Michael Penix was down there. Let's just start with quarterbacks that could be on the Vikings' radar in the first couple rounds. What did you observe? What did you learn, and how did your opinions change of some of these guys?
2: Oh, I really like how you framed that because I'm, I'll be honest, my opinions really didn't change with the Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. They didn't do anything to stand out or change the opinions of them. And I've had some people say, oh, you're just stubborn with your Bo Nix opinion. No, I, I have my opinion. I got it from the film. I got it from watching and studying Bo Nix. And there has been no data presented to me that's going to have me change it at this point. And the biggest thing with Nick's, he was in an offense at Auburn, which a lot of people will remember that offense because Cam Newton won a Heisman Trophy in that offense. And they modified it a little bit because Cam Newton was so special on the ground. But it's a relatively vertical passing offense. And if you want kind of comparisons to what he was running at Auburn, go watch uh, Central Florida. Like John Rice probably, they're throwing the ball down the field. It is a vertical passing concept offense. And he massively struggled. Goes to Oregon, and they do a bunch of smoke and mirrors. its average depth of target is 6.9 yards. And 6.9 yards is putrid in college football. All of his contemporaries, over 10. Why? Why is Bo Nix only throwing 6.9 yards? Because he can't attack the intermediate levels of the field like you want an NFL quarterback to do. Like, Kirk Cousins can go from one, two, three, four, and then hit the check down. Bo Nix goes 1 and then throws the check down. He does not process very well going from read to read, and a lot of what he does is this one read is going to come open at this point, get it there. And it's it's all smoke and mirrors. It's designed to hide the deficiencies. So I don't buy into them. And I know other big media analysts do. I don't understand that. I was hoping to be able to talk to some of them down in Mobile, but everybody's working. So it's, it can be a little bit difficult to have some of those conversations. But I'm out on bonix Penix. Penix, it, it's about the same. Like he still struggles when he gets interior pressure. His footwork is a little misaligned at times. And because of that, that sidearm release that he has, the ball can sail. You see some that sometimes with Lamar Jackson. The sidearm release, if you don't have really clean footwork, that ball can sail on you really easily. And Penix has some of those issues, but he does throw a javelin and can really hit the deep ball with some precise accuracy. So there is good, but can you fix those issues? Can you fix footwork of a guy who's already 24 and you have to completely work that over? Now, a guy like J.J. McCarthy, 21 years old, a lot less tread on the tires. And something that people don't think about, Panix has I think it's like 800 more passing attempts in college. That doesn't include three extra years of college practices where you're throwing upwards of 100, 200 passes per practice. That quarterback coaches I've heard say it takes about 10,000 throws to completely change your mechanics for muscle memory purposes. When you have that type of mileage on, it makes it really difficult to be able to fix some of those things. Hmm. So I still have Penix as a mid-second round grade. I have Bo Nix as a fourth. I didn't think they did anything. But the one guy who did, Spencer Rattler, Mm. Uh, South Carolina. He was projected at one point to be the first overall pick in 2022. Then that 2021 season in Oklahoma happened. It felt like the entire university gave up and turned on Rattler. And then Caleb Williams comes in during the Red River rivalry. Kind of takes over. But then he and Lincoln go out to USC. Spencer Rattler follows his old offensive coordinator, Shane Beamer. Excuse me. Goes out to South Carolina. And he played behind an absolutely putrid offensive line. It was the four of us playing on line there. It was really bad. And you could tell some of his decision-making suffered. Some of his, his underlying metrics weren't great. But he came into Mobile and was incredibly consistent. Showed a lot of poise a couple of bad moments, but every quarterback has bad moments in Mobile. It's not a place designed for quarterbacks to be successful. And I saw enough there where it's like, okay, he's grown a lot. You can tell uh, how mature of a person he is just by having a conversation with him. And you can tell that he has shown proficiencies to grow and get better. His arm talent, once he gets drafted in the NFL, you could argue it's a top five arm in football. It's the rest of his game that you need to figure out if you can fix it enough for him to be successful. Can you make him into a Josh Allen type player where Allen's going to give you so much positive that it outweighs the negative? Because you're not going to get completely get rid of the negative of Spencer Rattler. But can you make the positive good enough to balance it out? That's what everybody's going to have to answer. And I would take a shot at him on day two because arm talent's just absurd. But quarterbacks it's it's a really tough spot for those guys
1: so of the those four um are any of them in, in your opinion forno prepared to step in and play next season or or would all four just ideally sit and you know in the case of Penix, uh basically be worked with on a daily basis to to ho- hopefully change the mechanical issues that you talked about
2: i wouldn't want any of them playing day one I think of any of them, you could probably give the ball to both Rattler and Penix, like, I don't know, six to eight games through the year, which is kind of like, if you're not going to start the guy day one, they yeah. usually come in around that week six to eight mark, and then they can kind of show what they have because they've had enough time to be able to kind of see how game game week works and have enough work within the construct of how they want you to operate, how they want you to use the footwork. You have more time to get ingrained with the playbook. Um, Bo Nix, I, I see him as a as a Chase Daniel type backup. Um, I don't really like him at all. And I think a lot of the reason why people are going to like him is because of the success of Brock Purdy and how a limited quarterback as far as like arm talent, this, that and the other thing can be successful. Well, not, Brock Purdy wouldn't be successful everywhere. He's as successful as he is because of his situation. That's why situation matters so much. So I consider panics, but I don't, I don't love the idea of him playing year one. And that's well, so, tough for a guy here, who's already 24.
0: But here's the, here's the biggest question when it comes to, so you can never be a hundred percent sure really with anyone other than like Andrew Luck 10 years ago. There's all, I mean, hell the 49ers mm-hmm. are one of the smartest front offices in the NFL. And they said, yep, we're going to give up a bunch of draft capital to mm-hmm. get Trey Lance. And it didn't work with Trey Lance and, and there was injuries and whatever, but, my question is, if you're trying to decide between moving up from 11 to 3, let's say, to get one of the, the top three dudes on the board, or you can stay around 11, maybe even like trade back a slot or two or whatever, and go get one of the three top edge rushers, or you can get you know some other piece that's not a quarterback, and then maybe you draft one of the other three guys or four guys, if you're putting Spencer Rattler in the mix too, Mm -hmm. late first round trade back in or second round you know what's like what's the play if you're the vikings do you just say screw it like if if they go into the draft saying we need a quarterback in the first two rounds do you just aggressively move up into the top three and give up on draft capital or do you play a little bit safer get your defensive player and then make a move later in the first round or the second round for one of the, the the tier b guys i'll
2: counter with this who's your guy Uh, That is what it all boils down to. You can't draft a guy unless he's a guy. You can do that in a round five. You can take a chance on a guy like Jaron Hall and be like, hey, you know what? Maybe we have something in him. And based on the evidence we saw in that Green Bay game, the answer's probably no. I wouldn't call it a hard no because it's hard to judge a rookie based off of one half of football. But you have to understand that if this is my guy, I'm doing whatever I can to get him and there's no ifs, ands, or buts. You can't make a trade unless you are convinced he's your guy. When the Niners traded up to three, they were convinced that they could have one of three guys, and they knew they were getting at least one of them. They were wrong. Lance didn't work out, but they had the conviction that they they believed it was going to work out, and you have to have that same mindset. You can't just draft a quarterback to draft one. That's how you get Christian Ponder. You have to believe in that player and do whatever it takes to get him. If you believe in J.J. McCarthy, look, you can make the argument, you can't let him pass 11, because you have Denver at 12, and you have New Orleans at 14, they're both quarterback needy teams. You can't let them get away. You have to do whatever you can to get that guy, and once they identify him, just, just get him.
1: So as a guy who, who's watched, um, you know, uh, four quarterbacks recently at the Senior Bowl, and then more importantly, 4-0, has watched a ton of tape, tell me this. What is, in your opinion, in your scouting opinion, what is your um, your, your feeling about those top three? Like, how easy do you think it would be, you know, let's say the Bears won't trade with the Vikings and Caleb goes first, so that, that leaves Jaden Daniels and, and uh, the kid from uh, Drake May, North Carolina. What is your feeling about the separation there and, and about the Vikings, in your opinion, should say one of those two guys is most definitely our guy? And then to Phil's point, that then potentially results in a major trade of draft capital going to, let's say, the Patriots at three.
2: Based on my evaluations, uh, Drake May is currently number two on my board. Jane yep. Daniels is number six. I have not fully watched Caleb Williams that that's going to come in time, but I'd be very comfortable with either one of those guys running this offense. I think May's ability to run quick game is going to help him out. He needs work, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that his offenses at North Carolina are just like an abomination of football. Uh, just They're just terrible offenses. They're terrible <laughs> for projection. They're not fun to watch but he has all these tools. And when you talk about a young quarterback coming into the game, running quick game, just the really quick stuff, Hey, three-step drop fire. He can do that at a very, very high level. So you can then work around that. Use that as your baseline. And then continue to grow concepts. Even Odie is getting all excited about it <laughs> over there in the corner. <laughs> How can <he> uh, not? <laughs> I know. Um, May has his issues, but, I think his net positives and his ability to be able to take things to the next level, like a Justin Herbert, like he gets compared to Herbert all the time because they play similar yet dissimilar games. They have like the same body, and they throw an absolute javelin down the field, and it's just a gorgeous deep ball, and he can drive the ball everywhere. Jane Daniels is a little different. Daniels was he struggled for three years at Arizona State as a pocket passer, but Herm Edwards did him zero favors, absolutely no favors. He gets to LSU and he finally starts to grow, blossom and develop as that passer. But you need to kind of work with him a little bit. I think he prefers to run just a little bit too much. And I'd like to see him try and attack down the field a little bit more rather than believing in his legs. But some of that, I believe just stems from how they were kind of coaching him and how he played at Arizona state. This was basically, if you don't see it just run and you know what, it's really good and it's successful, but you also want to be able to limit those hits. Jaden Daniels is like a looney tune out there. You watch his film, he takes the funniest hits. In the first game against LSU, on like he took like a quarterback draw, he jumped up against defenders and he basically got speared into the ground. And like these kind of hits are consistent. Yeah. Whereas you look at a guy like Lamar Jackson, he avoids hits better yep. than anybody I've ever seen. And with how Daniels's frame is wiry, I want to see him really take that next step in his development and really focus on attacking the ball downfield with his arm rather than his legs. But there's a ton of talent to work with. And the fact that he is that dual threat adds an element that other guys just don't have. If you have the ability to run the football, it changes how defenses attack you. And it changes how many opportunities and different opportunities you have to attack the defense. So I would be very happy with either of those guys. If the Vikings could just trade up to three, I'd feel very comfortable with it. It doesn't mean they do, and I think that can be the disconnect because they may only love one guy, and that guy might be out of reach. Like, it, there are just so many variables there, but you have to love that guy and wh- whoever that is. Do whatever you can to get him.
0: On Penix, real quick, just just back to him. Um, and and you you bring up some of the reasons why you have him kind of as a mid second round grade. What do we know about the injury and health concerns? So he's had two major knee injuries he's had shoulder You know hes had what three season-ending injuries in total. Um, you've brought up some of the football related things like footwork and mechanics and things like that but in in just like who you've talked to and, and everything you've observed covering the NFL draft over the years, how projectable are his injury concerns from college to the NFL in your mind?
2: Genuinely don't know. And that that's the tough part. I haven't heard any form of real concrete data on what Penix's injuries are. I still remember two years ago, half of media was saying Carson Strong's knee was really good. The other half was saying that his knee was about to explode. Like We just don't know. And how we're truly going to know is where Penix gets drafted
0: yeah cause they'll and have like more medical information behind the, the scenes, and then he falls mm-hmm. to the fourth round you'll know that combine okay, yeah, he's got arthritis or something. <laughs> you know.
2: the one thing I've yeah. learned is it's not just about the information that gets released, who's releasing it? Why do they want you to know, and what connections do they have to be able to provide you the information? Yeah. So, like some reporters are uh, are very player friendly like Anderson Anderson's probably the most player friendly reporter out there. some have massive connections in the front offices so who's reporting it and why do they want you to know those are the big things that it's going to help you kind of determine what matters within the context of these medicals because if the player's agent is saying it well he's
1: got an agenda everybody has an agenda you have to figure out what that is absolutely teams lie to reporters to put stuff out out there in in hopes that the hopes that the kid does drop and in fact Mm -hmm. in fact the the Vikings, if they try to get Penix in the second round, would have every reason to privately leak, hey, his knee didn't look good at all, right? But the thing about that is the combine becomes the absolute for the team's key place, Mm -hmm. because that's where doctors actually get to examine kids. My guess is that, again, and this has become consistent, Tyler, the majority of quarterbacks won't throw at the combine, but the medicals become the, the key. So I think once the combine is done, the the information as far as Penix like draftability, you know, first round, second round, third round, will at least be determined by teams. Mm-hmm. But um, that's the danger is, is, to your point, all of these agents and all of these teams have agendas. They leak stuff out that might be wildly incorrect. So we, we get the wrong stuff, but it's to, it's to try and affect the team. So it's, I mean, this is, this is what makes this a fun time. Because it's Mm -hmm. just a gong show now, as far as information goes.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. And you just have to have those those critical thinking hats on. It's the same thing that we talk about with politics. If Republicans tell you something, well, what's their spin? Why do they want you to know this information? And it's the same with Democrats. Everybody has their own spin that they want to project forward onto you. And you have to be able to determine what's real, what's not. And what the actual truth is behind some of this stuff, and it makes it really fun, and also very frustrating.
0: You know what? Uh, what has no spin? It's just straight up fun. Declan is underdog fantasy. Before we keep going here, and I think we'll 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 get into the mock draft simulation because it'll allow Tyler to talk about positions of need and some other things. Tell the audience about uh, Underdog this week.
3: Yeah, that's right. There's actually uh, there's picks you can make, even packs for the Super Bowl. So how about if you want to go heavy on San Francisco, you want to go higher on completion percentage, or maybe even uh, lower on Pacheco rushing yards. You can do all this. You can get all these picks in now, lock them in before the game starts uh, to take advantage of all the great props that are available at Underdog Fantasy for this week. Super Bowl, new users get a $100 deposit match with promo code SCORE S-K-O-R. So you get uh, an easy little pick'em special too to help out that first parlay. Uh, go to Underdog Fantasy, down the Underdog Fantasy app, show us those winning slips. Promo code SCORE for first-time users for a hundred-dollar deposit match.
0: Also, you heard uh, Tyler's pup Odie in the background there, just uh, whining away, wanting some probably wanting some Nutrisource, quite frankly, because that's what our dogs love here on Purple Daily, the official dog and pet food of Score North and Purple Daily, Nutrisaurus. There's Maya smiling because she knows she's going to get a giant scoop of that Nutrisaurus chicken and rice.
1: Boys. And there's Stella scowling, and she already had a second <laughs> meltdown. She melted down yesterday. She's <laughs> melted down now. You know what? She She's decided <laughs> that Pop-Pop is such a sucker that, that she's going to melt down during the recordings of the shows to get more treats. And, of course, I say, okay, if that shuts you up, that's, that's what I'll do. She loves her new, her. NutriSource, and she loves the sucker that gives her the
3: NutriSource. Exactly. Just just throw the cheap treat and run away. That's sometimes my uh, philosophy with Vinny. Just, uh, you, know, you know, whether at the Senior Bowl it's or like Conference. Yeah, just, ah, here we go. No, Let's I go. Go, like go get it. What's your vertical, Vinny? How high can mm-hmm. you jump? Hey, Odie loves his NutriSource
0: treats. So, see? Game changer. See? Look at that. Four, four, four. If you want your dog to be like our four dogs, nutriSourcePetFoods.com to find a NutriSource retailer somewhere near you um okay i am going to am i sharing this yet i don't think i am so i'm going to share this for the youtube audience we'll do a little screen share here we'll bring up the pff mock draft simulator because this will allow tyler to go to go deep on some of the uh the day two day three prospects i, well. wanna
1: mock! Mock! I want
0: a mock so here we go boys vikings at eleven, we'll do seven rounds, dude. We're gonna put you on the spot, so you're gonna talk about players that nice. you can Hold just on. make stuff up if you want to.
3: Yeah. Oh, Always, always oh, got the yeah. Gatorade. He's hydrate, this is the curve. listen. This is the curve. <laughs> I, I would never
0: make
2: stuff up. I, I, I would never insult the audience that way. Okay. That's if good. I to don't know. know. I'm just gonna tell you. I don't know.
0: I mean, I don't know how far along you are in your, uh, you know, your draft prep here, but we're gonna go seven rounds. I've gonna... got
2: 39 scouting reports already released uh-huh. on VikingsWire.com. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, no football
0: it. for you. Inject it. I'll hit you. If with you a football want links song. to them, football. just yeah.
2: check out my pinned tweet. It's got, it's got the list into the database. You can see everything that I have, how everybody's ranked and links to
0: everybody's report. Beautiful. Vikings wire. You can follow Tyler on Twitter to find out all the places that he produces content this draft season as well. So you're going to be the GM and we're going to be like your uh, your scouts in the room that ask questions and mm-hmm. pose scenarios. So before we start the draft, what do you want to do here? Do you want to call one of these teams? Do you want to stay at 11? General Manager Forno, what do you want to do here?
2: I'm going to let the board fall to me if we see by pick 5 that there's one of these quarterbacks falling. I want to try and take advantage of it. Okay. Uh, I I do have enough faith in J.J. McCarthy where I believe he can be a franchise guy. So I I want to just kind of see how the board falls. I don't know if the Vikings are going to have the same opinion. McCarthy's going to be very, very divisive uh, for a lot of reasons. But we'll kind of see what this ends up looking like if if, I'm assuming.
0: So here's the first three, just real quick. Uh, Caleb Williams, number one of the Bears. And then we got Drake May, number two to Washington. Malik Neighbors is the first receiver off the board to the Patriots from LSU. That's
2: a surprise. I love Neighbors, but Marvin Harrison Jr. is a bigger and better version of Malik Neighbors.
1: Cardinals are celebrating right now.
0: Let's see what the Cardinals do. They're going to take Marvin Harrison Harrison. Jr. here, right? They do. Chargers are on the clock at five. I'll pause it because we've got some quarterback needy teams coming up. Mm Mm-hmm. So if it plays so, uh, out this way and Jaden Daniels is on the board at five and the Chargers have Herbert. So they're probably on the phone with like the Falcons, the Giants, right? Who wants to trade up?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So what do we do. the one interesting thing I think with the Chargers is I think they're going to be locked in on Brock Bowers. If you remember how Jim Harbaugh likes to operate his offenses, he loves using 12 personnel. And this is why the McCarthy thing is going to be such an interesting discussion because he wants to play a certain brand of football. He wants to play smash mouth. The quarterback is a part of the team, but he, we do not revolve everything around the quarterback. It happened that way when he was at San Diego. It happened that way when he coached Andrew Luck at Stanford. Yeah. It happened that way with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. It's happened that way every team at Michigan.
0: Dude, you know what so, too? So Greg Roman comes back in as his offensive coordinator. Greg Roman was the 49ers offensive coordinator when Jim Harbaugh was there. He's also mm-hmm. been with Buffalo, the Ravens, If you look at Giro, as they call him, our guy Booney calls him Giro. If you look at where his offenses have ranked 10 years as a coordinator in rushing attempts versus passing attempts, always Mm -hmm. top five, if not number one in rushing attempts, Mm -hmm. always bottom of the barrel in passing attempts. But the scoring offenses, he's had like five top five scoring offenses. So you wonder with, with that philosophy of Harbaugh and, and Greg Roman, which is run the ball Pound the rock. Do they still do that with Justin Herbert as the trigger man? Super interesting.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't, we'll have to fact check this. I actually don't think Greg Roman is the offensive coordinator. I think he's, he's an assistant in the run game coordinator. I don't know if they've hired an offensive coordinator yet. And if I'm wrong, that's fine. But I hope Greg Roman's not the offensive coordinator that, um, Odie with his whining right now at the door could design a better passing game than Greg Roman. It's he's (laughs) so good. He's so good at run concepts, but when it comes to a developed passing game, it's just not there. And you can see the difference in how Lamar Jackson was as a passer last year and prior years versus this year under Todd Munkin. It's night and day because he just does not have that capability compared to other coordinators in the league to really develop an NFL passing game.
0: So should we, should we look into trade up here? General Manager Forno, or do you want to let the board play out a little bit more?
2: I'd say let's let it play out because I okay. don't think the Chargers are going to trade. I think they're going to take Brock Bowers.
0: Uh, they, they, so they go receiver Roma Odunze from Washington. Nice. So they do add a young weapon.
2: I have no issue with Roma Odunze. I love Odunze. Uh, he gives me real DeAndre Hopkins vibes. Where it, I mean, Odunze is going to run in the four threes, but everything he does is so smooth. And his body control and just being able to, like, go attack the football with ease and make it look like nothing is just impressive. Yeah, yeah, I love Odunze, and he's going to make some quarterback very happy, and if it ends up being Justin Herbert, that's... That's going to be a lethal combination for years.
0: So, three, a run of receivers here. Giants on the clock at six. I will. I'll resume draft until you tell us to make a trade. Otherwise, we can let the board yeah. play out.
2: I'm going to let the board play out because at, at this point, I, I I don't think the Giants will trade either.
0: Joe, Joe Alt. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they can use him. Jerzon Newton to the Titans. Now yeah. the Falcons are on the clock at eight. You got to think Jaden Daniels goes here, right?
1: Yeah. Unless Kirk um, Cousins already signed. As very, very unless Kirkley signed
2: Kirk. I and I signed Kirk. this is why, like, I love doing mock drafts, and I think they're really important, but it's an exercise to it, look at situations because free agency is going to tell us a ton. Yep. Like, the Titans not taking an offensive lineman here, shocking, absolutely shocking, um, especially when they have Jeffrey Simmons. I don't think Newton really fits what they want to do, but, hey, that this is why you look at things because you never know when a Laramie Tunsil gas mask is coming. Yeah. You never know. This when is why you Gardner mock this is you why you right here. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's important to understand all situations. You know what? Teams do this because they want to be prepared. Hey, if this guy ends up on the board, what are we going to yep. do?
0: Yep. There's Jaden Daniels to the Falcons oh, at, wow. at eight. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Iowa cornerback at nine Brock Bowers goes 10, all right. To the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, mm-hmm. Jets. So Vikings on the clock at 11. All of the edge rushers are available. Where would you be at? Yeah, talk us through some of these guys who might be here. So right. uh, Nate Wiggins, Dallas Turner. You got you have know, Jared Verse. Talk us through these guys.
2: Um, I haven't done a full study on Wiggins yet. I see some people have him as CB1. Some people have him as low as like eight. Uh, he's tall and really thin. He, he's going to weigh in about 180, 185 pounds. But he's got length and he's got some aggressiveness to him, good ball skills. Dallas Turner, it depends what you watch. If you watch the one rep where he absolutely obliterates the Georgia tackle in the SEC title game, he looks like the first overall pick. No consistency in his game, and that lack of consistency to me is a really big issue. Uh, I have him as a second-round grade because Mm. there's a a blueprint there, but there's not enough with the technical elements for me to really have him viewed highly. Jared Verse, he reminds me of George Karloftis people are going to have him wide range of the spectrum. Some guys are going to have him top 10. Some guys are going to have him around 30. And I think that kind of variance is just, it's going to play. I think he probably goes after pick 20. Terry and Arnold, he's going to be my cornerback one. I love his game right now. He's third on my board. He is everything you want in a cornerback. And he's got the ability to play man zone, man match trained by Nick Saban. And he's got the athleticism size and length to be able to attack. Odie even wants a cornerback. He's so excited in the background there. <laughs> he's whining so much because we have a cleaning lady downstairs, and he just wants to go play. He
0: loves it. Um, yeah. well, look, look
1: at Forno with the cleaning people coming Dude, into his
0: house. He's just saying, you know what it probably is? It's probably our friends over at Zero Res, oh, folks. That's right. Mm-hmm. Zero Res, Minnesota, with their 4.9 out of 5-star rating on Google with 17,000 reviews. You can uh, ask for the Scorn Earth Special, which is three rooms, zero-resified, starting at just $119, and a free hallway as well. And this month, get $75 off when you get your AirDucks zero-res clean. All you have to do is call nine five two zero res or go to com and say you want the score North Special. Spell it forward or backwards, it spells the same. Zero-res. Yeah. We, we have used zero-res... <laughs>
2: Twice yep. since we got Odie because we've had some difficulty <laughs> potty training. They do a fantastic job.
0: Let's say do. Odie doesn't uh, subscribe to the zero res philosophy, but that's why you bring your friends in from zero. Res. Uh, what yes, about Liatu absolutely. Latu, the edge from UCLA? Oh,
2: Latu is going to be a weird one. <laughs> Medically retired from a neck injury uh, in 2021. Goes to UCLA. Mm. Most rushers have one to two defined moves coming out. Latu has six to eight. I have never seen a edge rusher this technically refined in my time covering the NFL draft, but he's not going to test as a hyper athlete. I think he's going to be good enough athletically, but edge rushers you really want that next level. What One changed?
1: What, what? what changed on on the neck uh, issue, Tyler? So he genuinely
2: genuinely don't know, but okay. at, that uh,
1: like it. Oh, it should
2: uh, like it is with most things. Uh, one doctor may say, absolutely not. The other doctor is like, oh, I see a good prognosis here. Okay, like, That's pretty normal. Um, I remember wrestling reference, Brian Danielson, when he was with WWE, they had him medically retired due to concussions. It took him years, but he was able to get cleared by multiple outside doctors, and then he ended up coming back, and yeah. uh, he's suffered, I think, one concussion since then. So theoretically, he's doing very well. So would um, you
0: here just to because we, we, we're going to move through and make some picks here. So we're sitting mm-hmm. at 11. There are two teams interested in trading with us. Let's just see who those teams are. Yes. Uh, the Bengals at, well, the Giants at 39. We're not moving back that far. But the Bengals at 18. Is it worth moving back seven slots here? Or would you stand, Pat, and take one of these guys?
2: So I think it'd be worth moving back. I'll say this there's no way the Bengals trade up. They don't trade up. They've never traded up. They don't trade. And for me, I just don't see it being realistic to trade with the Bengals. But I think the general construct of moving back to about 18, because I don't think the prospects are going to be tenfold different going from 11 to 18 than they would at other points in the draft. Cause you're probably going to have one of Dallas Turner, Jared verse Terry and Arnold there. And there are still some other really good prospects. Like there is a good chance that like four offensive linemen go in that, that range. Dane Brugler had 11 offensive linemen in his first mock draft. That's not a mistake. This offensive yeah. line class is absurd. What it's do we, uh, really
0: what, what, good. what would it take here? So just realistically, it's telling us that you obviously swap the 11 and the 18, uh, the Bengals mm-hmm. would kick in their second round pick. Is that too lofty? So we see what, a, what happens.
2: To go up seven spots in the first round. I don't have the Rich Hill trade chart in front of me, but that feels about right.
0: Okay. Let's see. Let's offer this trade and see what happens here, boys. Trade accepted. Okay, we picked up an extra second round pick. Mm-hmm. Or oh, wait a second. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, we're good. Okay, resume. We're going to go through here, and then we're going to make our pick at... Uh, I'm just going to go turbo Waga's here.
2: Awesome, but...
0: We're back on the clock at 18. So the edge rushers of those three edge rushers have all gone. Bo Nix just went as the fourth quarterback off the board, and that puts the Vikings back on the clock here. Give us a player that you want to take here, Tyler, at 18.
2: All right. So there's a lot of different ways you can go here. One guy that's not on here, and PFF has him ranked really low, and that's Chop Robinson, the edge rusher out of Penn State. I'm in love with his game. He's the fourth player on my board right now. I think he's he and Terry and Arnold are far and away the best defensive players in this draft but he's just not viewed as highly as some of these other guys, and I'm not entirely sure why. Like, Darius Robinson is a guy I absolutely love, too. He's the archetype of J.J. Watt. He's not J.J. Watt as a player, but the versatility of being able to move inside a three technique, go all the way out to a wide nine, and with his 34- and six eighth inch Mm. arms, he can do a lot of different things to help maximize your team. That's a guy I want to take in round two. When I look at the board, Quinion Mitchell's fascinating to me. He played a lot of off coverage at Toledo, mainly cover three match kind of stuff. And he was really good at it. Never was asked to play press. He goes to mobile and dominates in press losing one rep. And that was to Roman Wilson. Who's arguably the best Hmm. player at the senior bowl. I love what Mitchell brings to the table right here. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I think I would probably go with Quinn. Mitchell. Um, Okay, let's do it. I, I do love chop Robinson, but that kind of corner would help elevate things to a different level.
0: Nice. So there we go. We, we picked up a corner here. Uh. So we're on the clock again at 42 because we're going turbo mode. And by the way, mm-hmm. your guy Chop Robinson is available to draft mm-hmm. at 42 if you want. But we also, let's see here, uh, JJ McCarthy. Let's see where, is he still on the board? Yes, he so is. He, he, so we have picks 42 and 49. Mm-hmm. Do you go J.J. McCarthy here and then cross your fingers on Chop Robinson or trade back up to get a Chop Robinson?
2: If you believe in the quarterback, you take him. I it, Because I thought you had moved it back down to slow mode, I thought we were going to – I was going to try and trade up for J.J. McCarthy because I think the Teddy Bridgewater idea with McCarthy makes a lot of sense if you really evaluate how the draft board's going to fall. Yeah. I don't know where McCarthy ends up going. My guess, he goes in the first round no matter what. So the Vikings may have to just take him at 11 if they really want him theoretically, and we can have the conversation. Is he worth it or is he not all day long? I'll tell you this much. If you believe in the guy, there's no price too high to pay because it, it's going to, he's going to come in with Addison Jefferson and have Darrison O'Neal as his bookend tackles.
0: Yeah. You it's a great situation. A,
2: it's a phenomenal
0: situation. Yeah, And 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 he and for the purposes of this exercise, he is available right now at 42. Let's so we're going to take him, guys. We're we're gonna, gonna, we yeah, just got our quarterback him. in JJ McCarthy. See if Chop stays available. Uh, I'm going to pause this just to see here. So we're at 48. Uh well, unless the Jaguars take him, your guy Chop Robinson is still available too.
2: Yeah chop robinson's fourth on my board honestly i should have taken him in the first round oh we
0: could get it. he i mean if yep. we if we think that the jags no, aren't going to take him then we could or we could just trade up with the jags yeah just to make sure let's trade, trade up. up with the jags
2: yeah. offer 230 and see if you can make that happen
0: it says it will be yeah. accepted okay
2: it's a it's a seventh round pick for one
0: spot there, there go. we yeah. go. We're on. Shop, we're back. Chop Robinson. Robinson. Welcome to the Vikings. There we go, boys. Okay. Chop Robinson should be the first
2: defensive player off the board, but he's not going to be in that. That makes me a little sad, but now you can live with it. So now we have an edge rusher. We have cornerback, and we have the quarterback of the future. Yes. Pretty good here. The one, the, I would like to know how much work the Vikings have done on the defensive line and, and the edge r- room to really know where we should go with this pick. But there's a lot, a lot of things we can do at 108.
3: And
0: what about running think... backs? Running backs around sort of like, because what are we now in the, the fourth round here? Mm-hmm. Who, who are some of your like early day three, late day two, early day three running backs that could be sitting out there?
2: Let me tell you about a guy who's going to be compared a lot to Christian McCaffrey. His name is Dylan Labe from New Hampshire. Mm. He's not Christian McCaffrey, but people talk about using Christian McCaffrey as like a slot receiver mm-hmm. and being super multiple with all these weapons. They actually used lobby as a slot receiver at New Hampshire. I talked to him in mobile and what he told me was cause I asked him like the development of a player like yourself, running backs don't learn how to be slot receivers. That's just not how you coach. So I asked, how did that happen? He's like, well, they knew I r- knew running back playbook well enough. And I was, Uh, 100% good to go there. So like, just go learn how to play slot. So he did. Against uh, Central Michigan, he caught 12 passes for nearly 300 yards. We're talking slot fades out. So he he caught
0: 68 passes for 708 yards as a running back. Wow.
2: Interesting. But he's catching passes significantly out of the slot. I really like him. I think this point in the draft is probably a little too high, especially because it's not just about what the talent is. It's about being able to maximize your value. But I'll say this Bucky Irving is on the board. I'm slamming Bucky Irving. Oh, I I am very, very high on Bucky Irving. He's back. Obviously, the former golfer. He almost got a first round grade from me. He only weighs 195 pounds, looks a little slender, but it doesn't really impact him. And in a world where you're not going to have a bell cow, having a guy that has that kind of contact bounce, that has the explosiveness of Bucky Irving, I'm in. I I absolutely love his game. He's probably going to be my top running
0: Talk <laughs> dirty, Tyler. All right. Yes, let's go. Football. Okay, we got the one. We're on the clock at 129. Mm-hmm. We I would say in terms of I mean it's not all about need here. I think I think best player available probably screams pretty loudly too. But you know if there was an interior defensive player like like a defensive tackle, mm-hmm. uh, linebacker is pretty weak, and I would say. Once again, guard depth remains a question for the Vikings too. Zach Zinter is sitting here from Michigan as the Zinter number one player never on play this football board. football again, though. Well, that could be like, a problem, you know. <laughs> against, well,
2: it, it's it, it's a genuine question because at Ohio State he suffered a really bad fracture of his leg, yeah. and there there were some rumors that he may never play football again. And you know what? He may be just fine. We don't know, and until we have a little bit more information on the on his uh health, health development. I just want to stay away. Christian yeah, Boyd true. from Northern Iowa is a very intriguing prospect, went to the Shrine Bowl, and was one of the real standouts.
0: Oh, there you go, he's Judd, on my 317 sh- listed, which oh. means he's more than 317. Oh, he brings probably. the heft. <laughs> this, is, love, this is what Judd wants, Tyler, is like yeah. just like a 320-pound, you know, just someone who can clog Run up One clogger,
1: middle. just clogs everything.
2: Look, if you haven't heard of Tavondre Sweat, you need to. He chose not to weigh in at the Senior Bowl. <laughs> okay, he's listed by Texas as six four three sixty two. He's a big boy.
0: His listed gotcha. weight is just four exclamation points. Why didn't he
1: weigh in, <laughs> dude? You um, be be proud of it.
2: Well, it's something that can really impact your draft stock because at a certain point, it's not being proud of it. Its scouts will dock you for it. Okay. Well, no, should we go he, Christian Boyd here? Not. Me. I like the idea of Christian Boyd. I think he can be a a nice compliment. Um, okay. If you have an opportunity to Vondre Sweat. I, I would absolutely love that. I talked to him in Mobile and asked him because he weighs 362 plus. And I'm like, why are you playing a th- three technique? 80% of his snaps are a three technique, not nose. He knows. And he, you know, these guys are so media trained. He didn't really give me I'm a great shifting answer. Him. So <laughs> I asked him, I'm like, what, uh, what did NFL evaluators tell you about well, uh, how your game will project? And he's like, just F stuff up. Leap step up. Yeah, okay. Just, just an all-time great answer.
0: <laughs> that like works. All-timer. That that works for life. It mm-hmm. does. Well, yeah, what's your strategy in life? Just go yeah. F stuff up. That's what so I'm on Friday
1: do. night, when you hit the bars, <laughs> what do you do? I, I just F stuff up. All
0: so, right. okay, hey, we got four more picks, and we have about five minutes here. So let's make four more picks here. Uh, and we'll do this again with you, Tyler. So you'll mm-hmm. definitely get multiple cracks at this. The 148. We're on the clock with the 148 you know i think line there's a couple of linebackers here jd bertrand from notre dame cedric mm-hmm. gray they definitely need linebackers if not if nothing yeah. else for special teams purposes so the one
2: interesting thing about this linebacker class is you could legit have 10 evaluators give you 10 different names there is no true standout there's a lot of guys who are interesting but there might not be a linebacker taken until like pick 50 It's just not a strong class. And if there's anything we've learned over the past year of football, linebackers are becoming increasingly more important in today's game. Uh, If I were to make a pick here, I like Cedric Gray a little bit. I think he can do multiple things for you. And it gives you some depth at a position that you need to fortify in some way, shape or form.
0: We're back here with the 160th pick, the 160th pick. Mm Mm-hmm. Luke McCaffrey
2: receivers for me,
0: Luke McCaffrey. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, you're right because they are going to lose KJ Osborne almost certainly. Powell is a free agent as well. Mm-hmm. So we got Luke McCaffrey, Decorian Clark, Anthony Gould, Moose Muhammad the third. I love how there's two <laughs> other Moose Muhammads in that family.
2: Yeah, well, one of them was Mushin Muhammad who uh, played okay. for the Carolina Panthers for years. Right. That's his dad. There you go. Uh, uh, he and Brew McCoy both returned to school. The This simulator hasn't been updated to reflect that yet. You saw earlier, right before this, Nazir Stackhouse, the interior defensive lineman from Georgia, he also went back. So these simulators are going to continue to get updated to fortify who's actually in the draft. McCaffrey is an interesting guy. He just couldn't separate in Mobile. Uh, he's all, He was also a former quarterback. He was a five-star quarterback that committed to Nebraska, then eventually ended up at Rice, oh, yeah, made the switch over to wide receiver. Yep. It, physically, he looks like his brother, but he, he just can't separate with any form of consistency. I like Clark. Dealt with the knee injury uh, last year into this year, but he's a really good football player. And UTSA was one of my favorite schools to watch over the course of the last couple of years. Their quarterback, Frank Harris, unfortunately had to retire due to a knee, but really, really fun player that can go vertical. Um, mm. I You know what? I would go to Clark. Decorean I think Corian's a good Clark. value for him.
0: Welcome to the Vikings, DeCorey and Clark here. Welcome to the Mr. Mankato prepare competition. To play for the
2: Vikings? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: you prepare One, to put on that jersey? 168 here, gentlemen.
2: All right, so a couple guys that really jump off the page. Uh, Isaiah Adams, uh, good offensive lineman. I think it could be a, a swing guy for you. Dalen Holker, look, uh, we need to face the facts that Hawkinson may not play in 2024. He yeah, late surgery. surgery. At, the, at the end of January, and a nine-month recovery timetable has him out about the first eight weeks. So you need to find a way to fortify the position. Is it with Johnny Munt bringing him back, and then you have him, Oliver, Nick Muse? Do you continue to fortify through the draft? I like Holker. He is much more of a receiver than a blocker at this point. Uh, Played at Colorado State under Jay Norvell, who runs a very traditional air raid. But what they do with it is they like to run the ball out of the pistol. And I think his ability to catch the football kind of be that H back type, I think is a really interesting idea for the Minnesota Vikings and, and a good way to stay multiple and not be super concrete with how you football. structure your team.
0: Like, We're doing it. We're doing it. And then this is our last pick as we traded our seventh round pick. So mm-hmm. uh, the first pick in the sixth round, the one seventy nine. anyone All stand right. out.
2: no, I would say that the one guy that stands out that's interesting is Ladarius Henderson. Uh, Very, very athletic, large tackle from Michigan. Transferred from Arizona State this past year and had a relatively good season, a little inconsistent. He was benched early on, but ended up getting that job back and finished really strong. I thought he had a decent senior bowl week. Um, Probably just a swing guy at the next level. But those are guys you need. You need to have those players on the roster. You can't keep paying a Rashad Hill or Ole Udo a few million dollars to be that guy. You're going to have to trust young players to be able to get that done. I think Henderson could be that guy.
0: And there it is, boys, as we wait for the grade from PFF here. Our mock draft simulation. So the overall grade, well, no, Mm -hmm. it's at the bottom here. So it's an A A minus, an A minus. That's pretty good. All boy, right. there's some so, decorian Clark shade here for Tyler. So we didn't get a guard. That, that's the old right. Well, I, I no, we I got, mean no. Ladarius Henderson could be like a like could be moved inside, right? I would probably say no. No, okay, probably but tackle. Yeah, he's like six foot five, three twenty or something. Yeah, he's so. a big boy. Yep. All right, so, well, it's a bad yeah. draft. No, you can find a couple guards, like you know, just mm-hmm. whatever street free agent. Quarterback guard, excitement okay. off the charts right now.
2: Like e- even if you don't get a quarterback, if you end up with Quinion Mitchell and Chop Robinson, I'm drooling. Like, I, I,
0: Chop I Robinson is I hope a Chop great football ends up in football. Canton,
1: dude. Because mm-hmm. the way that you are selling him right now, my expectation is that Chop is going to have a bust in Canton by next season. Chop. He
2: still needs to uh, grow with some of the finesse technical elements, but, man, you're not going to get a more explosive edge rusher. His get-off on the ball is, like, Miles Garrett-esque. I, I'm not going to quite go that far. But Miles Gary can get off the ball faster than anybody in so the league. So why is he falling? Um, people, I just don't think people are buying enough with the athleticism, and they're too worried about uh, how unrefined he is technically. But I think Whoa. he's more refined than people are giving him credit. But the guy for with a foot. neck
1: problem who, who was told to quit playing football is a surefire first-round pick now.
2: Well, based on the film, yes. Uh, based on the medicals, we'll see.
1: Yeah, I was going to
0: say. So if there is a franchise to take a super athletic edge that's a little bit raw and elevate him, Everson Griffin, Daniel Hunter more so even than Everson Griffin, mm-hmm. I mean, this franchise has done it with some guys.
1: So What yeah. about Chop as a Dallas Cowboy playing for Zim? Oh, gosh. football. Oh, gosh. Daniel Hunter, third-round pick from LSU. Didn't think much of him.
2: Listen, I, I just think about Mike Zimmer with Micah Parsons.
0: And I, I'm, I'm drooling. It's gonna be uh, for a
2: football sense. I want to watch it.
0: Yeah, that little little double double Cali double A gap. Micah Parsons. He's got to have some new ideas engine. too, right? Like it's been oh, yeah.
1: two years now. He's been watching film. He's got to spice up the double A gap.
0: Hmm. Spice up the double up A gap. Spice up new double... shirt. Whoa. It's a new shirt. there has got to be new
1: stunts and stuff. I'm going to tell you right now. I was always surprised he didn't capitalize more on on what he did against the saints in the playoff game. There were some ideas he showed there that I don't feel like we saw again. And they were b- brilliant ideas.
2: Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. some of that just has to do with teams kind of figure it out because he, he did use it again, yeah. just not with that form of consistency. Right. That's why as a defensive corner, it's so hard to be great year over year because you have to always evolve. And that's what I'm going to look Amen. forward to seeing with Brian Flores. How is he going to evolve this version of his defense? Cause okay. that that's
0: the key. Tyler, it was, a, it was a pleasure simulating this mock with you, sir. Likewise. Thanks for coming on the show. And uh, we'll be bringing Tyler in uh, on the main Purple Daily show throughout uh, the next few weeks uh, off and on. And then we're hoping to have you join us for uh, at least a huge chunk of the draft party, which we'll have more information about as soon as we can for the public. But that's a wrap on uh, this meat and potatoes draft episode of Purple Daily Daily Vikings Entertainment.